sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand. Church let us know page 662. Page 662. <clears throat> All to Jesus I surrender. Page 662. All found us sing together. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever trust and Him in His presence daily live. I surrender. Song selection, we have scripture reading and prayer. <clears throat> Page 745. Humble yourself. If all find, let us sing together. 
Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. We're singing, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. And, and he will lift you up. Oh, Jesus is the Son of God. We're singing, Jesus is the Son of God. And he, he died for us. And, and he, he died for us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That say a wretch like me. That, that say a wretch like me. When we've been there 10,000 years. When we've been there 10,000 years. Bright shining at the sun. Bright, bright shining at the sun. Good morning, church. Our scripture reading will be read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. And it reads that following. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing evil to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity but was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May God continue blessing the reader, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Let us bow and go to our heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father, and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and in which you in spirit 
and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and putting us into your marvelous light. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for your word which is our guideline from earth to glory. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We say a special prayer for each and every member and their families and friends here at this congregation, Inglewood Church of Christ. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the thing you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones working on the front line. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are traveling or will be traveling. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll make it too and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come to the light and see the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we'll be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper that he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen as though we'll listen toward eternity because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only lifts, listening or hearers of your word, but also doers of your word, Heavenly Father, where we can go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey and said our last prayer and taken our last breath, 
We just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son, in our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 904 for the Song of Invitation, pages 904 for the Song of Invitation. And for our next song selection, let us know pages 988. I'll be listening, pages 988. <clears throat> Fall fine, let us sing together. When the Savior calls, I will answer. When he calls for me, I will hear. When the Savior calls, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere Listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere Listening, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Uh, if my heart is right when he calls me, if my heart is right, I will hear. If my heart is right when he calls me, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere Listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Uh, if my robe is white when he calls me, if my robe is white, I will hear. If my robe is white when he calls me, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere 
listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name, for my name. Oh, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. Amen. Church letters, no pages. 867. Pages 867. To Canaan land, I'm on my way. Pages 867. If all find that, I'll sing together. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way, where the soul of man never die. My darkest night will turn today, where the soul of man never die. No sad farewell, no soul of man never die and I will spend eternity where the soul of man never die no sad farewell no tear dim night where all is love and the soul soul of man never die. It shine to light the shores of home where the soul of man never die. No sad farewell, no tear dim night where all is love and the soul come together and we continue to meditate on God's word knowing that there is a place 
where God has prepared for the souls of the disembodied spirits to go. One day this life will be all over. Uh, this life will come to an end. I know that there's some folk who believe that we're going to be here forever, but we're not. This life will come to an end, and there needs to be a place where you know your soul is going to go, where it, it will spend eternity. The song says that is a place where the soul never dies. And now I know Matthew makes it very clear as uh, he makes it very uh, uh he describes it very well when he talks about uh, how there are two places that that, spot, that disembodied spirit may go. Uh, he said there will be two resurrections. There will be a resurrection unto life, and then there will be a resurrection to eternal damnation. And so in either case, the song is still correct because the soul will never die. Irrespective of which place it winds up, the soul will never die. It will spend eternity in that place. So I just think that the reasonable person, the rational person, would want to spend eternity in heaven's glory. Uh, I want to be where there are streets of gold and walls of jasper. Uh, I want to be where the S-O-N shines. We don't need the S-U-N any longer. I don't need to worry about this, the, 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 the brightness of our natural sun and the brightness of our uh, and the reflection of that brightness on our natural moon. I, I would rather just look at the S-O-N, look at the Son of God and uh, behold his, uh, his majesty and his glory. Uh, and so that song that we sing, I'm on my way uh, to that fair land where the soul never dies, is a figurative language. It's metaphorical in that it's speaking about heaven's glory. Uh, and so we're on our way to heaven, amen, and that's where we want to be. We want to be where John says, I beheld those who uh, were at the, uh, at the, uh, in heaven, uh, and as they stood at the judgment bar of God, he said that the books were open, and another book was open, and one of the books that was open was the book of life, and the other book that was open was the word of God, and we'll deal with that this morning, uh, but he says that, uh, and 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 uh, uh, those whose names were written in the book, uh, Amen. They made it into heaven's glory, Amen. For it was the book of life. Uh, those whose names, those whose names were not written in the book, uh, they didn't make it uh, into heaven's glory. And I just want you to know that, that 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 God doesn't make a mistake when it comes to whose name is written in the book. 1 John chapter 5 and verses 1 through 8 helps us to understand that there are three that bear the record in heaven. We know the Father, the Word, and the Spirit bear the record in heaven. The Spirit, the water, and the blood bear the record here on the earth. And so we know that there is a commonality between those two groups. We know that the Spirit bears record not only in heaven, but the Spirit also bears record here on earth. Amen. The Bible tells us very clear in Acts 5 and 32 that God gives his spirit to all those who obey him. And Romans chapter 8 helps us know that the spirit makes witness or beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of the almighty God. And so as I heard that song being sung, I said this is a great way to, to, to bring in the opening of this lesson this morning because this is about making it to heaven's glory. Amen. Amen. Where there is no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. We talk about that which is, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. God wants you to know that you can have peace here on earth. 
And that peace comes when you have a relationship with God. Amen. Now, don't, don't, don't get it twisted now. It doesn't mean that you're not going to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. Amen. Uh, but you're able to have that sense of spiritual peace that you know that God has you. Amen. That God is able to give you the strength when you have no strength. God is able to carry you when you can't walk. Amen. And so that is the kind of peace that we understand that we have. Because the devil is not going to give you the, 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 the natural earthly peace that people claim that they desire. Amen. But the devil is going to give you a bunch of uh, uh, issues that you're going to have to deal with. A lot of challenges of life. But even in the midst of that, I recall the three Hebrew boys. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Mishael, Azariah. I remember when they were in the fire, where Nebuchadnezzar had placed them in the fire. And if you have the figurative understanding of the, of the, of the text of fire, it represents a whole lot of calamity. Bunch of noise, challenges of life, amen. And they were thrown into the midst of the fire. And I, I just want you to understand something here. They were not just walked into the midst of the fire. They were thrown into the midst of the fire. And they were bound hand and foot. But then when those who were outside the furnace looked into the fire, they saw them walking around. In the fire. And, and, and walking around in the fire and being in the fire, they said, wait a minute, did we throw three in there, but I see four. Amen. And so you have to understand, when we talk about this peace, if you will, on earth, when we talk about the peace that, that is part of this spiritual life, when we're talking about being with the Lord, amen, you could be in the midst of the fire, and everybody thinks that you are being consumed by the fire because they see the challenges around you, and they cannot really understand how they're going to make it out. But see, when you're in the midst of the fire, and you know that Jesus is on your side, you don't have no problem. You don't have no problem. Because we know that the Lord is with us in the midst of our challenges. When God says, I have come that you might have life and you may have it more abundantly. This is about a spiritual existence. It's not about having all the wealth of the world and luxury, lavishness. That's not what that is about. It's about having a spiritual relationship with God and being in, 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 uh, uh, with the Lord and the Lord being with you and, 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 and in the midst of all the things that we deal with and all the things that we struggle with. It is our spiritual mind. It is our spiritual relationship with God which gives us the foundation that we need in order to continue from day to day. Amen. It's that spiritual relationship with God. So the, so, the, so the three Hebrew boys... When they were being pressed by the world to bow down and to worship gods that were not God. And they said, we don't care what you do to us, we shall not bow down. I, I tell you, you got to get to the point where when you have that personal and that spiritual relationship with God, you can't let the world break you down. Amen. You can't let the world break you down. It's going to try. Amen. You got you to give the devil some credit. The devil is persistent. Amen. But when you have the relationship that you need to have with God and the world tries to break you down, you have to get to this point where you understand and you have the mind, if you will, of the three Hebrew boys. I don't care what you do to me. I will not bow down. Amen. And 
even throwing me into the midst of the fire. And look at this, and look at this. The three Hebrew boys were so solidified in their, their, their personal or spiritual relationship with God, which is going to get us back to the Old Testament in one second here. But in the spiritual and relationship with God, the three Hebrew boys in their challenge, they, they, they said, look, and even if he does not save us, Lord have mercy. So you got to get to the point where you just know, hey, the Lord is going to be righteous whatever he chooses to do. The Lord is going to be righteous. He's going to be just. And even, even if he does not save us in the midst of the fire, what we're going to do is we're going to trust in his decision. But we're not going to bow down. We're not going to bow down. And, and so that mindset of being having a spiritual life with God and, and God being with you in our particular case when it comes to, if you will, being with the Lord and being uh, in Christ Jesus and God being with us, we understand that there's a greater significance to all of this. Because what we have been studying and what we've been speaking about and what we've been meditating on is dealing with all of the, the Old Testament things that, that, that are the spiritual constructs of God. We've been, we've been looking at the ark. We've been looking at the temple. We've been looking at the tabernacle. And we've been transitioning into a conversation about the church being interwoven in each one of those spiritual constructs. And, and, and now we're coming to, if you will, the glue that holds all of this together which is the understanding of why the covenant of God was so significant and important when it came to the people of God serving him and worshiping him and being obedient unto him, living a life that is reflective of who God is and being holy. All of these spiritual constructs, all of the spiritual constructs in the, in the Old Testament that we have been talking about and that we have been reviewing, you have to understand something. All of this was bringing us to the spiritual side of, of this matter because everything that was being done prior to that, amen, was based on the physical uh, constructs. But when it comes to the spiritual side, you have to understand something. And I, and I, and I hope that those of us, especially those of us who have been in the body of Christ for a while, we, we, we get this understanding, we understand this concept. When, we, when the church comes to worship, this is a spiritual matter. This is not about the physical constructs and the things that we see around us. Amen. And, and, and even deeper and even more personal, it's not even about our flesh. It's about whether or not our spirit is connected to God. You see, because you can show up and still be absent. Lord have mercy. I, 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 maybe that one went past a little fast. Let me, let me slow that one down. You can show up and still be absent. When your spirit is not connected to God. Amen. You can show up to a building, and that building can have some uh, attributes that indicate that it is some place of religion that you go and to gather and to congregate. But you can come to a building and be physically present, but still be absent if your spirit's not connected to God. Because when we talk about a spiritual life, we're not talking about what's on this physical side. side. We're talking about that side that we can't see. Amen. Amen. We're talking about that side that we can't see. Last Lord's Day, we, were, we, were, we, were, we had uh, uh, set up this foundation and moved into this new discussion point, which is, which is about the spirit. The spirit is life. Amen. Uh, because God, Christ has said, I have come that you might have life and you may have it more abundantly. And I want you to understand why this is so significant. Because as you, as you, as you look at the, the, 
the idea of him saying, I have come that you might have life and you may have it more abundantly. You got to go back and understand what it meant to be under the Old Testament, what it meant for for the three Hebrew boys, what it meant for Moses, what it meant for the prophets, what it meant for Abraham, what it meant for uh, 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 Noah, what it meant for Adam and Eve. What, what, what did these physical constructs mean for them as it pertains to one day being in a spiritual realm because see we're not to Hebrews 9 uh, chapter 9 just yet we're going to get there but when we look at Hebrews chapter 9 let me tell you something it said that the blood of Christ that was that was spilled on the cross went back and got all those who died faithful you, you follow what I'm saying it didn't roll back and get everybody it rolled back and got those who died faithful under the first covenant Amen. And so what we find out here is here is that these 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 physical constructs eventually, if you will, were leading us to the spiritual side of life. God wanted all the people, even from Adam and Eve, He wanted them to accept His word by faith, to be spiritually connected to Him. Most of those old covenant constructs that we talked about, if you will, it, it, they address directly to the flesh first. When you look at Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 18, when you look at Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 18, I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning. I'm going to do some Bible walking. When you look at Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 18, we find some very interesting thoughts as, as, as God is dealing uh, with, 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 with Abraham, if you will, uh, uh, and uh, Abram and Sarai. But in Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 18, we, we, we find, if you will, God saying unto Abraham, he says, look, in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying unto, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river of Euphrates. Let me tell you something. He says, I have made a covenant with you, Abraham. A covenant with you. As he made a covenant with Noah. As he made a covenant with Adam and Eve, as he made a covenant with the children of Israel that was being mediated, if you will, by Moses. As he made these covenant uh, 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 agreements, if you will, in these various dispensations, we find ourselves, if you will, the generations rather, in these various generations, we find ourselves in Abraham and Abraham being, if you will, the father of faith. Being the father of faith. God says, I made a covenant with you, Abraham. A covenant that was made 400 years, over 400 years, was based on faith. It wasn't based on that which is physical. It was based on that which was faith, was spiritual. It was based on faith. When one says, I am spiritual, but I am spiritual, then you must automatically understand that if you are to be spiritual, that spirituality must be based on what you believe. It must be based on what you believe. And if it is based on what you believe, then, then, then it is what you believe that becomes core principles of what you do. How you choose to live your life is based on what you believe. 
And that is how you know when, 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 things are, when things are disconnected from what you are doing versus what you say you believe. It's very easy to see that distinction that your belief system may be, if you will, uh, you may be saying what it is that you believe, but your behavior is doing something contrary or contradictory to what you say you believe. And there comes in the old adage, the old phrase, your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. You can say that you have faith. And James says, if you say that you have faith without works, <laughs> amen. You knew there was scripture for this. James makes it very clear that your actions are very relevant to what it is you say you believe. Amen. Now you can you can you can you can you can you can say that you 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 have faith. James says one says that I have faith without works, and then James says I'll show you my faith by my works, right? Now the Bible says the the, the text goes on and says well the devil believes and he trembles, which gives you an indication that one can have a perverted belief system. A perverted faith. Because if the devil truly believed in God the way that he should be believing in God, then his actions should be reflective of that. So therefore, when the Bible says that the devil believes, the devil believes, but yet he has a perverted understanding of faith. Belief. Pistel. Pistel. Trust. Some would even say that the devil has an elementary belief in God, one that is not fully matured or even not matured at all. It is an elementary understanding of God in that the devil may be at a point where he understands that God exists, which is a great place to start. But you can't stop it. To have an elementary understanding of God is to simply get to the point where you understand when you wake up in the morning, you didn't wake up because you did that on your own. Right? That, that, that gets you to a, 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 at least that gets you to a basic understanding that you know that it is not you that animates yourself each morning. Oh, Lord have mercy. I know. I'm talking about a spiritual life here. You've got to get to the point where you understand that each morning that you get up, it's not because you chose to do so. Amen. Lord have mercy. Are y'all with me? Amen. So when I'm living a spiritual life, I get to the point where I understand, I know it is in God in whom I live and breathe Amen. and have my very existence. And I know this for the case. It is the case because let me tell you something. I believe that there are a whole lot of people who anticipated even this very past night that they would wake up this morning. And guess what? Their alarm clocks are still going off or their iPhones and they're still laying there. So that tells me it is not within me to animate myself. It is in God that we live, move, and have our very being. And when I understand that, that gives
gives me at least a rudimentary elementary understanding that God is. Yeah. Right? But then if I'm going to mature, if I'm going to have a true spiritual life, I've got to grow from that. I've got to grow from the fact that I can't explain how the sun got where it is. Amen. I said God. I have to get to the point where I don't understand why the sun was so uh, was placed in the in the position that it is in, in a very interesting position where it now reflects off the moon and, and the moon now becomes a lesser light and the sun is a greater light. I don't know how all that came together. But I know every day that I've lived since I was born into this world, I look up at the, at, at the sun in the middle of the daytime and I see that the sun is still there. Amen. And in the nighttime, I see the reflection of it coming off the moon. Some of you probably thought that the moon was shining. The moon has no light of its own. Amen. It reflects the sun, light of the sun. But with that being said, it, it, it since I was a child, I see these natural things and and, and, and I come to the point of the question of how did these things come into being? And guess what? Not one man, not one man, not one man, not one man can ever tell you how they came into being. They can speculate and give you theory. But they can't tell you. They can't be definitive. Right? They can't guarantee you. But when I read the Bible and I read the text and the text says, God! To, to, to mess around on the periphery with theory. He says, I created it. Amen. And then you say to yourself, well, okay, God said he created it. Then where do I go with this? I'll tell you exactly where you go with it. You either believe or you don't. Amen. Right? If I believe, then I'm moving into a direction of a spiritual life. Right? Because now I'm saying that I believe in the divine God that created all these things even though I do not see him and have never seen him. I believe that I'm animated every day. I wake up out of my bed and I get up out of my bed because God deemed it so. Are y'all with me? So my spiritual, my life of being spiritual, when I say but I am spiritual, it is not a convenience. Because see, if it's a convenient spirituality, that means that I'll do things when I feel like doing it. But when, even when the Bible says I need to do some stuff that I, do, that I don't want to do, I don't do it because I don't want to do it. But the Bible says you need to do it, and you say, no, I don't want to do it because it's not convenient for me to do it. The Bible says you can't pick and choose when you want to be spiritual. You either going to be spiritual or you're not. You follow what I'm saying? In the Old Testament, in Genesis 15 and 18, he says, I gave you a covenant, Abraham. I gave you a covenant. And in this covenant, it is written in the, in these, in, uh, if you will, in, in the words on the parchments and, and, the, and, the, and the lamb skins. And, 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 and as we get the, uh, the, the Old Testament, if you will, uh, through these parchments and, 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 and God wrote them on stones and, and, and gave them the tablets and, and all of these things. He gave it to them so that they could do and practice the things that God desired of them to practice. The giving of the animal sacrifices and all of these things were being done so that they would get into the habit of at least physically performing those things that appeared to be spiritual even though they truly didn't 
but the Old Testament was about doing those things physically, even though they may not have connected to them spiritually, by faith. How do you know that, Brother Culpepper? Because Paul helps us to understand that significance. Paul helps us to understand that. Now, I want you to turn very quickly. Look at Romans chapter 9. Look at Romans chapter 9. Look what he says. Paul says to us when it comes to this Old Testament, all of these things under the first law, all of these things under that dispensation and that generation. He says to us, especially about the law, the law that was given to Abraham, the law that that began that continued to evolve and was eventually uh, given to Moses and all of these things that began to unfold. We find ourselves in Romans chapter 9. And if you will, you drop down. Uh, to, uh, to, to, to verse number 31, uh, uh, Paul writes to the church of Rome and he says, look, he says, look, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Lord have mercy. I'm going to read it again because you may, if you read it a little bit fast, you probably missed what Paul said. Paul says, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Lord have mercy. See, it looked like you were being religious, but you really weren't. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? You, you, you look, you showed up at the building. You were, you were, you were physically present, but still absent. Oh Lord have mercy. Because you weren't spiritually connected. You were just showing up at the bill. Right? Look what he says. And, 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 and he, he goes on and says, look, but, but Israel, which followed after the law of, the, of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, why? Because they sought it not by faith. No spiritual connection whatsoever. No inner man connected whatsoever. You just showed up at the building because you would thought that's what you thought that was what you should do. Gotta show up, gotta show up, gotta show up. As if that may be enough, but it wasn't. And God said, even in the Old Testament, even in the old law, even under the law of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, even under the old law where, Abraham, where Noah had, if you will, given being found, found grace in the eyes of the Lord and then given a covenant before he entered into the ark. Even in the days of Adam and Eve, where they were given the law, God always focused on whether or not they would believe it based on faith. Based on faith. What did God say in the very beginning? A commandment that even pervades us to this very day. He says to Adam, if thou eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, thou shalt die. Now Abraham, I mean uh, uh, Adam rather, Adam never experienced death. Lord have mercy, you never thought about that, huh? What does Adam know about dying? Never experienced death. What does death mean? Why does he contemplate thou shalt surely die? They never experienced that idea. And death never even entered into the world. Had not even been conceived by them. But yet they were told in the commandment, Lord have mercy. This is what is better than what I was thinking about last night. Thou shalt surely die. So what is this? What is this that they're doing? What is this that they're, they're, they're comprehending? 
of faith is one that helps us to understand the significance of why uh, we talk about living a spiritual life. Because let me tell you something. There are many things of life that we will never be able to understand or explain. But I know who, do, who does understand. God understands. Back in Romans chapter 9, we find what he says, Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. You see, they just showed up. They just showed up, but it, was never, it never became part of them as it should. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. And then he gets into the idea of Christ as it is written. Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, you need to take your practices. And your practices need to become a belief system. And when your practices become, become a belief system, that belief system that it becomes must be based on what God has said, which means that it becomes a manifestation of faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. It becomes a spiritual journey with all of its issues, with all of the challenges. It becomes a spiritual journey. You may remember that in the previous chapter, Romans chapter 8, the one that precedes Romans chapter 9, we find where God lets us know that you're going to be challenged with a whole lot of things. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be uh, inundated with issues of life. But he says to us, he says something to us that helps us to understand the significance of our faith. When you look at Romans chapter 8, I'm going to drop down to verse number uh, 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 verse number 31 and then I'm going to read forward in Romans chapter 8 dropping down to verse number 31 he says, he says what shall we say to these things if God be for us who can be against us right he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Look what he says. Wait a minute. Shall tribulation... The first thing he says is shell tribulation. In other words, are the challenges of life that you're going through, is that going to separate you from Christ? Or is Christ going to be separated from you because you're going through the challenges of life? God, why is all this happening to me? Because it's called life. <laughs> because it's called life. But don't think because these things are happening to you, I'm not with you. You may be in the fire. But remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They too were in the fire. But where was I when they were in the fire? I was standing right next to them. Because it's called life. And the challenges and the tribulations of life will be varied and they will be many. When you think you got over one thing, then another one comes. <laughs> Lord, it ain't one thing, it's another. That's, why that, that's where that old ass comes from. Because you think you got past what? It, the seasons. Seasons. Solomon says to everything there is a season. Some seasons last longer than others. 
but there's always a season. When you're spiritual, though, you understand that and you comprehend that there will always be a season in our life. And that life may not always be a season where the lilies of the valleys are twirling and the roses are always blooming and the honey is always sweet. There may be times in your life and the struggles of your life where those things are not there. But when those things are not there, don't dismiss that Christ is not with you. Don't dismiss that God is not with you. He says, shall tribulation separate me from you? Or will you be separated from me because of tribulation? In the book of Revelations, in Revelations 1 and 10, John says to us as he's out on the Isle of Patmos and he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's in the spirit and he sees, he says, I'm your brother in tribulation and in the kingdom. Amen. As a matter of fact, boy, there's a principle here. If you're in the kingdom of God, stay with me. Can I come down here? If you're in the kingdom of God, you should expect tribulation in life. <laughs> Being in the kingdom of God exposes you to everything that the devil wants to throw at you. So be John says, I'm your brother in tribulation and in the kingdom. Because, see, this is a spiritual life. This is a life where we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and evil and wickedness. And, and, and he calls it high places. But those high places that he speaks about are the high places like they had in the Old Testament when they were worshiping those idol and false gods, those high places, amen. That's where evil and wickedness is, when people put things, if you will, uh, try to put things, rather, above God. And God is saying, you can't get those things high enough to come over me. Even when you think you're in a high place, I'm looking down upon you. Lord have mercy. The high places and the wickedness, the high places of our minds, the high places of our thinking, the high places of our mental meditation, those are where the high places are. High places is not necessarily something that's physical, even though that is attributed to the places where they went to go worship. The idea of the high places was not based on its, its, its height, its physical height. wasn't the issue of the high places. The high places was called high places because it was here. And that's where they placed it. So they tried to put things above God. And God's looking down upon them and saying, you can't put that, you, you, you can't think high enough to get up here. Now, you may put them things, anyway, so, so, so he says, look, he says, so those challenges, if you will, when it comes to, 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 uh, to tribulation, he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He's writing to the church.
And sometimes those things that we need is not about a material thing that we can touch and feel and, and hold on to, but it's simply, can I feel better today than I did yesterday? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Maybe I just need some inner strength. You know? Maybe I just need some inner strength, Lord. I, I, I just need some energy. Right? Not necessarily, I, I don't necessarily need money to pay my bills. I don't necessarily need money to put gas in my car. I don't necessarily need food to put in my stomach. But, but you know, today I just, I just feel down. I, I just, I need some strength. Right? I need, that, I need that spiritual man to be strong. Because right now, that spiritual man seems to be waning a little bit. I, I just need some strength. You know what I'm saying? Now, you may still be able to bench press 250 pounds. I don't know how you all can do that, but that, just throw it out there for an example. But you might still be physically strong, but let me tell you something. Being physically strong brings you down very quickly when you're not spiritually strong. For those of you who are into exercise and like to work out because you, need, you think somehow by exercising you can extend your life. <laughs> I'll leave that where it is. I'm not telling you not to stop exercising either. I exercise. What I'm trying to get you to understand is don't put your trust in your exercising. Put your trust in God because that's where your life is. Your life is in God. But nevertheless, if it, if it is the case, here's the example that Isaiah the prophet gave. And so I'll use Isaiah's example as a, as a teaching point. When you, talk, when you think that strength is in your physical body and you think that that physical strength in your physical body is what's going to, it's what going to get you through the day-to-day -day issues of life. Let me tell you something. I would rather be spiritually strong than physically strong. Right? Because if I'm spiritually strong, I can take a weak body and keep it moving. Amen. But if I'm physically strong and spiritually weak, I got some issues. Do you hear what I'm saying? Have you ever heard this phrase? You know, I just don't feel good enough today to work out. Well, what, did you, did, you, did you stop being able to bench press 250 pounds? No. Your spirit is needing nurturing. Needs strength to get through some stuff. And you know what allows us to do that? Our spiritual connection to God. physical living being. The second act, though he came in the flesh, he originated in the spiritual form. And so Paul says the last Adam, as he speaks as an example uh, to show Christ, the last Adam became a life-giving Adam came from the dust of the ground, from which it, from, from, he came from the dust of the ground, and God breathed in him. He became a living meat fish, a breathing, a breathing soul. Jesus came from heaven's womb. Jesus wasn't created in the flesh as Adam was created. Jesus was already in the spirit, and so he comes and he takes on the form of flesh. Philippians chapter 2. But for what purpose? 
to show man that even in the weaknesses of your flesh, if your spirit is strong, you can still serve God. Lord have mercy. Oh, I wish I had time. one where we truly begin to contemplate where our strength is to make it through this life's journey. Abraham was told that it was in the covenant. Abraham was told that it was in the covenant. Noah was told that it was in the covenant. Moses was told that it was in the covenant. Adam and Eve was told that it was in the covenant. Why all of a sudden do we get to the church and the spiritual kingdom of God and all of a sudden we don't think that the covenant is relevant? That somehow the word of God doesn't have the same importance and significance in the day of the church as it did in the days of those who sought it not by faith. But in all of these, in all of these generations that have come and gone, we find where God was pointing them to the fact that everything that you do, everything that I say to you, everything that I have given to you, you need to receive it and accept it by faith. And then Paul says to us in in Ephesians chapter 2, and he makes it very clear. In Ephesians chapter 2, we are saved by grace through faith. In that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. We are challenged. Because we still are maturing to appreciate that the tribulations of life, the distress, the persecutions, the famine, the nakedness, and the peril, the sword, war, the issue of being destitute and struggling with the things in the need of life, that we still don't see ourselves as living spirits. Spirits that are connected to God. Spirits that are connected to God for the, the nurturing that is needed in order for us to be strengthened to make it from day to day. In Romans 8 and 36, as we are, in Romans 8 and 36, he says, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. As Paul refers to the apostles who were giving the word, giving the teaching of God, the teaching of Christ to the children of God, to the, to the church, in order for the, uh, the Christians to grow and to develop and to mature as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. In Hebrews chapter 5, Paul says, it is by reason of use that you're able to discern the difference between right and wrong. He's not talking about how that physical body is strengthened physically. He's talking about how the spirit is strengthened spiritually. And it is through the covenant. It is through the word of God. It is amazing to me, and it should be amazing to you. It, is a, it was an anathema when it comes to Paul. Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter Galatians chapter 1 through 3. He says it is an anathema if somebody brings unto you another gospel than that which was already preached. Look what he's saying to you. If somebody is bringing a covenant to you that was not given by God already, you need to consider it an anathema. Why? Because it doesn't have the strength to feed your soul. But people were giving over to all different kind of belief systems and teachings and, and practices. And as John says, there were false teachers among the people. There were false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you that bring in 
damnable heresies. Things that are not according to God's word. Things that are not according to his teaching. Things that can't help your spirit live life. When we talk about the one church, the one faith, the one baptism, we're not saying these things as buzzwords. When we talk about the one church, we're talking about the source of our spiritual strength. If you are not members of the one church, you can go to any religious institution and building with a name on it, and it gives you no strength. You can be physically strong and spiritually weak. And I don't care how many people in the building. And the sad thing about it is it's not about all the people in the building. It's about you. And let me just drop this off. It's not even about whether or not you are in the building. The question is whether or not the building is in you. Right? Oh, I went to the church building. That's good. You found out where the location is. Amen. But is the church in you? You find what I'm saying? We get this whole thing twisted. It's about how the spirit is strengthened, how the spirit is made strong to deal with these issues of perils of sword and the, and the, and the famine and the nakedness and all the challenges of life that, 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 that those who were killed all the day long to bring us this word. You realize that to bring us this word, the devil was killing off apostles and prophets. He was killing them off, killing them off, killing them off. Why is it that only the apostles and the prophets were being killed? You know what was interesting? I didn't hear anything about how the philosophers were being killed. Why would the philosophers be killed? The philosophers was not challenging the issues of the world. As a matter of fact, the philosophers were augmenting and supplementing the things of the world. As a matter of fact, that's how we got to the concept of humanism. chapter 4 is so significant in Paul's writings. When Paul writes to Timothy, and Timothy's in Ephesus, Ephesus is, a, is, is, the, is, is one of the, the, the strongholds of philosophy. The temple of Diana and all the other things of life, of the world. People would travel from all over the world to go to the temple of Diana. Every day was a party at the temple of Diana. Paul says that they run up to the temple and they come down to the church building. Lord have mercy. Ephesians chapter 5 says, have no fellowship with them. Don't, you, 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 this shouldn't even be spoken about. You shouldn't, this should not even be spoken among you, what is happening at the temple of Diana. But yet he says, have no fellowship with them. In other words, if you were once, he says, you were once, you were once, you were once, you were once in darkness. But now you are children of light. Walk as children of Right. Become that which you claim that you are. In the manifestation of your living and your existence, your spiritual life is one that is of light. No matter what challenges and issues of life that you are going to, let your light shine. Because you'd be surprised who else is looking for a way out of darkness. And your spiritual life becomes a 
children of Adam. And so he says, look. So they were killed all the day long because they were bringing the word of God. The prophets, the true prophets were killed. The apostles were killed. They were bringing that. They, were, they weren't bringing that which was, which, was, which was worldly. They were bringing that which was spiritual. They were taking that which was spiritual. And not only was it spiritual in the days of the prophets, but even more so in the days of the apostles. Because, see, the prophets only saw in part. And they spoke in part. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They prophesied in part. They didn't have the whole. But when it came to the apostles, in John chapter 16, when it came to the apostles, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, the spiritual life that links us to God is in Christ Jesus. And it is the spirit that makes witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It is the spirit that bears record in heaven and the spirit that bears record on the earth. So let me tell you something. When someone says, what is a spiritual life? The question is, are you connected to the Holy Spirit? Because if you're not connected to the Holy Spirit, you don't have a spirit of life. And if you're not, if you, and the only way that you can be connected to the Holy Spirit is to be in Christ. This is not complex. But it does come with a lot of faith. Because God has given us his word and letting us know that if you trust in the issues of the world and you think the world's issues are going to save you when it's the same issues that are killing the world, you got a problem. I have come, Jesus says, that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Let me work to a conclusion here. So the prophets and the apostles were being killed, but the philosophers were being let alone that they may thrive and continue to give words of humanism to, even to the extent where they tried to convince humanity that they themselves were some type of gods. And, 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 and I share this because those of you who know uh, mythology, when you're dealing with the Greeks and the Romans, they all had their, their, their gods. And, 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 and some of you may not be aware that, that, that these, these, <laughs> these uh, uh, individuals that were identified as gods were human beings that were, that were somehow uh, 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 evolved into this idea of becoming uh, a god. This is their philosophy. This is their belief system. But people have acquiesced and they've given themselves over to these things as, a, as opposed to trying to find out truth. They followed after fables. And so Paul says to, second, to, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, he, he says, look, and, and we all know the passage of Scripture. Preach the word. Be it sin in season, obviously, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but they shall heed to themselves teachers having it in ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and then return unto fables. You see? That's what Paul told Timothy. You're in Ephesus. And you got a, oh, you got a whole bunch of people over there believing in fables. Even to the point where when you go and try to tell them the truth, they will kill you. And that's what was happening to the apostles. They were being killed. They were being martyred. And that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8 when he's writing, he's saying, look, we are being martyred. We're being killed all the day long. He says, look, in verse number 36, 
As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Even though you are sacrificing, Paul says, even though we have sacrificed it, and if you're going to be a, 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 a spiritual a, a, a person in Christ Jesus, you've got to understand, marvel not, John 17, marvel not, John 17, marvel not when the world hates you. As children of God, we need to just become comfortable with the fact that you're going to be hated. You just need to become comfortable with the fact that you're going to suffer tribulation. You need to become comfortable with that because let me tell you something, it's coming. As a child of God, if it hasn't happened to you yet, be thankful. Maybe God's letting you develop some spiritual strength before the boom comes. Amen. Amen. And I always say, Lord, look, don't test me. <laughs> You know, hey, I'm still struggling, you know. Don't test this me. Don't, don't, don't count me like Job. You know, hey. you know I, I know when the devil came, boy, I know Job, boy. Job should be honest, boy. Because when the devil came, he said, have you considered my servant Job? When the devil comes to you, Lord, thinking about Anthony, I, I would like for you to say, leave Anthony alone. I just should just leave alone. Don't test me, Lord. You know, I'm still trying to hold on to what Christianity I've been able to absorb. Because I know what the world is like and I know where I've come from. I don't want to be tested. I don't want to be tested. I want to hold on to this spiritual life that I have in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be tested to see if, I, if I've gathered enough spiritual strength to be able to withstand the devil. Amen. That's why I keep running. I don't want them to catch up to me. Amen. I got some friends even to this day. 30 years ago, they used to, they, we used to hang out. They even called me today. Every time they call me, I block their number. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. Because I know when the, it's been 30 years, what are you reaching out to me for? I ain't called you. I know what it is. It's the devil. Let, let, me, let me see if I can get him to come back over here. You know, no. No, because I'm trying to live this spiritual life. Amen. And I, and I don't want the Lord, Lord, I know that it is in your will to test me and to test us and, and to put our, and put our faith to the test. But, but I'm going to take what you said in Peter. I, I look, it, the Bible says the devil is as a roaring lion who walks about seeing whom he can devour. Let me tell you something about the lion. The lion does not chase after the fastest one. Amen. I just got to just let you know that. They don't, they don't try to chase after the fastest one. Amen. They're not trying to exert all that energy. Amen. Let, me, let, me, let me just give you a little bit. You know, when I was growing up, we used to watch this program, Animal Kingdom. Y'all remember Animal Kingdom? Yeah, the, 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 the TV did have some benefits at one time. Now I don't know what it's Sometimes you just, you, you, anyway. But at one time, you know, you learn things about nature and one thing, and I learned things about the cheetah. Y'all need to know something about the cheetah, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. The cheetah is one of the fastest animals on God's green earth. Let me tell you something. A cheetah start chasing you <laughs> while you're running prey. Amen. Can get up to 40. 50, you know, 
miles an hour? How many of y'all have ever ran 40, 50 miles an hour? Now, I'm not talking about the bionic man either. Don't be giving me the bionic man. Right? And let me tell you something. But the cheetah knows something. And this is where the point is. Don't miss the point. I'm closing here. The cheetah knows something. The cheetah knows that it can only maintain that speed for so long. Are you with me? Stay with me now because I'm closing. When you have a spiritual life, you want your spiritual life so far ahead of your carnal life. Because see, your carnal life ain't going away. It's still chasing you. Are y'all with me? But the, if, if, if your spiritual life is up here, and your carnal life is back here. It's got to run to catch up with you. Are y'all with me? But it can only maintain that speed for so long. Some of y'all say, Brother Kobe, you have to give us some scripture. I gave it to you earlier. Right? Devils has a roaring lion. Seeking who he made to buy. But he doesn't run after the fastest one. He runs after the one he can catch. So I say to the Lord, Lord, let me live a spiritual life to the extent that it's so far removed between my spiritual life and my natural life that when I begin to try to slip back, I don't slip back into that life. Are you with me? And I'm moving and I'm running and I'm, and I'm pressing forward toward that high mark which is in Christ Jesus. I'm fighting in this spiritual game and I'm moving so far ahead of my natural life that sometimes when I fall, I don't fall back into that life because it's so far from I might stumble a little bit. Are you with me? But I'm going to get my balance back together and I'm going to keep running. Right? Because let me tell you something. When you stumble, don't stay down long. Because the cheetah's coming. Right? And every foot, that, every step that you're missing, every step that you don't take, that gives the cheetah, that gives the devil, the cheetah, the devil, the cheetah. It's closing the gap. To everything there is a season. And there's a season when the issues of your life, whether you call it by the devil or what the devil left behind or whatever you want to attribute it to. Everything there's a season. There are times when the devil is coming at you and the devil's doing all that he can to pull you back down into that life. And you've got to have your spiritual life, physically, uh, spiritually rather, strong enough to be able to resist being pulled back into where you came from. And I know this is be the case. Because Paul makes it very clear to us. That if the natural man is allowed to once again usurp power over the spiritual man, the pig will return to the mire, or the dog returns to his vomit. You see, these are spiritual concepts. So to live a spiritual life, but I am spiritual, does come with it. An intentional focus to press forward, 
toward the high mark which is in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, God says, I was, I was moving them toward faith and I was getting them to come to faith. Galatians chapter 3 says, if you will, that the old law, the Old Testament was our schoolmaster bringing us unto Christ. But now that we have Christ, now that we are in Christ, we now have that life which is more abundant. And having that life that is more abundant, I now live my life in Christ Jesus, striving to be better today than I was yesterday. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 as I close. Verse number 37. Nay, in all things, we are, made, we are more than conquerors through him. Through him we are more than conquerors. Not conquerors on our own, but conquerors because we believe in Christ. Amen. Conquerors because we choose to believe in God. We obey God. Conquerors because he, we believe in that last Adam, which has become, uh, uh, which became, if you will, a, a, a life-giving spirit. Right? Not, 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 not succumbing to the philosophies of the world. We'll deal with those at the next time that God blesses us to deal with it, but he says, we become conquerors through him that loved us. Verse number 38. For I am persuaded. Lord have mercy. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Paul. Paul tells us, I'm persuaded. Lord have mercy. See, see when, you, when, you, when you're a conquering spirit, you've got to become persuaded of some stuff. Right? Don't, don't, don't be doubting. Don't be double-minded like James says. But you've got, you got to be persuaded. You've got to be confident in some things when it comes to this life. Because guess what? Challenges will come. Strife will come. War will come. The sword will come. Perils will come. Famine will come. Weakness will come. These things will come. Even in the church, even being a child of God, you will experience these things. But be persuaded about who you are in Christ. Be persuaded that you are a conqueror. And let me tell you something. By obeying the gospel, just by obeying the gospel is your first experience at being a conqueror. Because by obeying the gospel, you've taken the first step toward faith. And when you take that first step toward faith, you have conquered something. And what have you conquered? You've conquered your doubt about who is the creator and who is the creator. You're no longer trusting in the world. You've taken that first step toward faith. You t- and, and in that faith, in that, in that idea of pisteo, pisteo, and you're taking that first step toward faith. Remember, faith has an evolution. It has a development. It not only goes from faith in terms of a cognitive ascent that God is, but it gets to the point where you now become obedient to God. And when you become obedient to God, one day when you become persuaded, one day when you become persuaded, you can have a cognitive ascent that God is. That doesn't mean a whole lot. It is a beginning, which is great, but you need to get to the point where you believe God, your obedience is in place with God, amen, and that is the next step of maturity of your faith, but when you get beyond that place of just being obedient to God, you get to a, 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 a precipice, if you will, where not only are you believing in God, you're obeying God, but you get to the place where you trust him, amen. you trust him, you trust him, you're persuaded, you're persuaded, and Paul says, I am persuaded, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, 
nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what it means to become spiritual. But I am spiritual. It's about understanding what it means to live a spiritual life. That you now dismiss those things which are the past. And the devil's going to be that cheetah. But just keep running. Because he can only keep up his pace for so long. You see, if you keep putting them on block, block them on Facebook, block them on Instagram, block them on social, all the social media outputs.
Doreen Bromell. She desires prayer. She says, continue to pray for Irvin, Mr. Gregory Green, and family. Amen. Sister Bromell. Daniel Bromel desires prayer. Continue to pray for health and wellness. Yes. Brother Bromel. Amen. From Brother Lamar, he desires prayer. He says, please continue to pray for me and my family, Brother Amen. Lamar. Amen. Mm -hmm. yes. Also, I have a card from Sister Cheryl Walker. She desires prayer for family, Sister Walker. Amen. That's all the cards that I have at this time. Would you please bow with me as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is into your presence we come with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for loving us more than we love ourselves. Thank you, Father, for giving us everything that we need in this life. And thank you, Father, for answering our prayers with a yes and no answer. Father, we just pray and ask that you will uh, continue to help all those who are uh, 